Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 498 of the Juice Box Podcast. Today's show is with the CEO of Dexcom, Kevin Sayer. Well, it's that time of year. The American Diabetes Association's 81st Annual Scientific Sessions. Those meetings are happening right now. They're online this year, virtual. But they happen every year around this time, which always means Kevin Sayers coming back to tell us what's going on at Dexcom. Today, Kevin and I are going to talk about the Dexcom G7, Apple Watch, adhesives, and much more. Kevin tells me where Dexcom's at what they're getting ready to do, and he answers questions from listeners of the Juicebox podcast. It's very cool. I had a very good time talking to him. By the way, this never happens. I just recorded this. Usually you guys are hearing stuff that was recorded months ago. This was recorded on June 28th, 2021. While you're listening, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan becoming bold with insulin. This episode of the Juice Box Podcast is sponsored by the Omnipod Tubeless Insulin Pump. See if you're eligible for a free 30-day trial of the Omnipod Dash now at omnipod.com forward slash juice box. And what the heck, let's throw the Dexcom ad on this episode too, because by the time you get done hearing Kevin talk about Dexcom, you're likely going to want to go to Dexcom.com forward slash juice box to learn more about the Dexcom continuous glucose monitor and to get started. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box, Omnipod.com forward slash juice box. And last thing you want to check on touched by type one. It's an organization doing great things for people living with type one diabetes and you can find them at touchedbytype1.org or on Facebook and Instagram. Kevin. How goes it? Hey, I'm all right. How are you? I'm good. Excellent. I'm surviving the day. Are you at ADA right now or are you at work? No, there's, I, I'm at work at ADA. Okay. Virtually. Uh, there's no live sessions this year. It's all remote. See, there's everybody. Now they're Hi, starting to pop in. Excellent. We were early. How's that for? Yeah, I know. I just can't let this happen too often or they'll expect me early for every meeting. (laughs) Yeah, I always just expect you to swoop in like one minute afterwards. Uh, I'm good. Excellent. Well, um, I mean, I'm used to talking to you this time of year uh, around 80. Yeah, we talk this time every year. Yeah. So what's the good news? There's a lot of good news. Um, You know, I think very importantly, we... We just get CGM validated every time we go to one of these things. Uh, every time I turn around, there's a Dexcom presentation that, or a presentation where an artificial an AID system has been driven by a Dexcom sensor. Uh, great outcomes have been achieved in studies. Uh, one of our biggest wins this year, there's a study called Mobile where type 2 patients on basal insulin got access to CGM for six months and saw the same type of improvement in their A1C, the type 1 patient C. There was a another cis study uh, done over in Europe uh, called ALERT, where uh, 
a consortium of physicians in Belgium took a bunch of uh, Libre users and moved them over to G6. And at the end of six months, every single measure, they were better with G6 than they were before. No kidding. And, uh, and so big win on that one. Um, just a lot of good Dexcom news. Uh, our, our, our product's going well. We did talk about uh, the G7 system at ATTD at, at, at great length. Jake spoke quite a bit about it. You know, a lot of questions on that one uh, that we're getting. But it's, it's a good show for us. And I, I really think, you know, we've long envisioned this being the standard of care with everybody on insulin. I think that day's coming. And I, I, I think we can get this where CGM becomes a standard of care for all diabetes if we, if we do this right. You and know, we solve the, the right problems. I actually have a question here from you or for you that I don't think we'll even get to, but it was from someone who said, do you imagine that one day anybody who's interested in understanding their health better will wear a CGM? Yeah, I do. Yeah, it was really something. I do. Uh, I, but it'll be a different experience than the experience that somebody who's having insulin yeah, delivered of course. will have. And that's okay. Well, um, do you want to hear some questions or do you have some things you'd like to talk about first? I am good to go on your questions. And if there's something I need to talk about, I'll, I'll be happy to add it. That is excellent. Okay. So some of them are G7, obviously, but just from what you said, I want to know if uh, there's any changes for people on Medicare. So when G7 starts, what happens to people who are using G6 with Medicare right now? Well, one of the things we're being very cautious about with G6, even when it gets approved, is making sure that when we launch, we have capacity to serve all those who have G6 because they're going to want to switch over mm -hmm. uh, very quickly. We have to go through a process with CMS or with the state Medicaid plans, and quite candidly with the commercial insurance carriers to whereby we go change those contracts. We'll keep a G6 contract, but add G7 to the mix so patients can get G7. That will take some time. And I don't have a good I don't have a good estimate of that for you. You know, we got G6 approved for Medicare patients much faster than we will deliver it because we couldn't make enough of them. Mm -hmm. And we made the decision to uh, go ahead and launch. I, th I think this time we're being a little more thoughtful on the scale up side, getting more lines in place, getting more inventory built, getting things like that ready to go. And we'll probably wait. I, I, I think this time I'd probably wait a little while and make sure we have everybody covered, then launch and have to field the phone calls of, gee, we're not going to offer that to you as an individual patient group. That that was not very fun. Uh, so we'll, uh, we're still working through that. But we, we, we have outlined all those tasks, who we have to call, what we have to go through. We have to come up with some different pricing strategies because this is a different product. Mm -hmm. Transmitter's been eliminated, so there's not a transmitter anymore. So what is the value equation with G7 versus G6? And we're, we're getting ready to present that, but we need an improved product first. How much of that is, um, do you think about because of competitors too? I mean, you have to stay in the game, right? Both. No, both. We, well, we have always negotiated pricing for Dexcom and, 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 the, and what we do. And we have always been able to successfully negotiate pricing for a product in most markets. There are times when we have had to move prices because of competition, mm -hmm. uh, but those are very thoughtful things that we go through. There may come a day when we turn something down. Yeah, You know, this isn't a business worth $300 a month like strips. I mean, $300 a year right. like strips. I, I we're, we're not headed there. We can't make product that cheap. I'd love it if we could, 
but we really can't uh, and service it and answer the phone and do all the things that we do. So the, the, there, we are cognizant of the competition. But we're also cognizant that we uh, perform a lot better. We are connected to more devices. We can do a lot of things that no other competition can do right now. And we expect to be compensated for that. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, does the form factor change, change the durable medical distinction? Uh, there will still be two uh, reimbursement paths for G7. There will be durable medical equipment, which is where Medicare resides right now and where some of the payers continue to keep us. Mm-hmm. We will have a receiver available for G7. It'll be a different receiver than the G6 receiver. We think people will be very happy with it. It's a really neat device. Uh, and a surprising number of patients use the receiver only. Yeah, no, I'm, uh, I'm not surprised. I, 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 I am every t- well, I just figured once we went to the phone, everybody go to the phone and guess what? It's not that simple. Yeah. And people really, some people really like the receiver and having the comfort of a medical device doing this. So we'll have a new receiver and we'll, we'll have reimbursement and durable medical equipment. We'll focus more on the pharmacy mm-hmm. and try and get G7. The primary channel will be the pharmacy channel rather than DME channel, but Medicare patients are going to have to go DME. And there are some patients who won't move to the pharmacy. Okay. I mean, some not patients, but payers. Uh, and quite candidly, there's some doctors who would rather go to the DME channel because they know it. Well, I know since everybody in where I live in Wyoming that Blue Shield of Wyoming has a very simple DME procedure. I'm not changing. You're all going to – I just wrote that as a hypo- hypothetical. So yeah. we need to give everybody choice, but we really want to make it easier. Right. So the primary distribution focus for G7 will be in the drugstore. All right, so I feel like this is the last time I'm ever going to get to say this to you, so I'm a little excited. Dexcom G7 will go directly to Apple Watch? Not initially, but eventually. Okay. Uh, I think our first pass, it won't. The nice part about it is it has the hardware chops, the Bluetooth configuration, and all the capability to go direct to Apple Watch. Okay. To get the app done so we can get the app out, we're going to have to launch the first app without direct-to-watch connection. There's a lot of things we have to work out just day-to-day for that. It is a different experience if, if the watch is your primary receiver yeah. because you're planning on spending at least some amount of time every 36 or 48 hours with that thing out on your wrist okay. while it charges. And so we we are looking at all of those consumer experiences and making sure we address them as best we can. And, and look, the FDA views alerts and alarms as one of the primary functions of the system. If you're going with no alert or alarm for a couple hours, what happens? Right. And so those are some of the things that we have to address. I mean, if a new user is going direct to watch and then goes to bed at night and puts a watch on a charger in another room and doesn't get any alerts or alarms in the light, how do we deal with that? And how do we make sure the, the customer knows that that's the experience that they're going to get mm-hmm. before they do it? I understand. So there are just some nuances we have to work through. Gotcha. Um, the uh, you just mentioned this the apps are they changing for G seven? App is changing completely new app for G seven. Oh wow, is that completely for- different experience. We'll certainly be focusing on again more patient friendly. Um, the FAQs that we've added to G six, we're going to try and go a, a level higher to whereby there's more self diagnostic and self education, so you don't have to call us for tech support. Um, That'll be how the app continues to evolve over time. There will be more educational information. Some of the clarity stuff will be taken to the G6 app. Uh, 
so you can see how you're doing a little easier without logging into another app. This app's been in development for quite some time. It'll be a really nice customer experience. Yeah, I'm excited. I remember giving my feedback I want to say like four years ago, like during it. Yeah, I remember we had the discussion yeah, and I yeah. hooked you up with everybody. And yeah. I'm, like, I'm just like, I'm like, I want to see if anything I said stuck in. There. <laughs> well, uh, and you can always add more or, or, or take less away. I, I think one of the things we have learned is becoming a software driven entity rather than just a hardware driven entity is a culture change for us. Okay. We've invested a lot in software over the past several months to get this app and some other things working on ready, getting G7 ready for a global launch. All the translations require work. Yeah. There's different phones in different countries that we have to certify for. I mean, there's a lot of pieces that we're checking the box to as we get ready for this. I can't even ask you all the questions from all the different places on the globe that I got them from United Kingdom, Australia, Canada, uh, Saudi Arabia. People want to know like it's I can't imagine what it's like to service that. Uh, on an international level. Well, and we're not in all those countries. I'll be no, honest no, with you. No, no. We are in some, and some we're in very small. And, you know, one of the interesting things about Dexcom, Scott, and we've been wildly successful, and, and it, it's, look, it's the users of our system that make us that way. But when we look at a country to go into, I'll, I'll give you a perfect example. We're not in Mexico right now. Hmm. We get hundreds of letters, come to Mexico, come to Mexico. We don't have a single employee there. We don't have any connection with the government or regulatory authorities or anybody. Whereas you look at our larger competitors, they have infrastructures built for other businesses hmm. sitting in Mexico. We don't have any. And so we go to a distributor and that works. Uh, and we have distributors all over the globe, but it takes us a while to build our international business. And one of the things we continually struggle with is how do we go faster in these other geographies without infrastructure already existing. You know, we're direct in the UK, we're direct in Canada, uh, we're direct in Germany. Uh, we pick selected markets where we control our fate and, and that has worked fine. But again, the size of our teams in those countries pales compared to the competitive entities that 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 we go, that, that are in our space. So how much do we want to spend over there and how do we do it and how do we lead? It's, it's really one of those growth challenges that Nobody really thinks about till it kind of smacks you right in the face. Yeah, no, I can't imagine. I'm jumping around, but the warm up time for the G7 will be half hour, 30, 30 minutes. minutes. Excellent. Is there, people wanted to know, is there a way to put the first one on to eliminate? Because now you don't have to change the transmitter from one site to the next. Could there be a way to do that? And I was like, wow, everybody's always trying to make it go fast. Can't have two of them running at the same time. That would have been my expectation too. But, uh, yeah. Uh, how about um, adhesive formulation? Is that we? It is a different adhesive than the G6 adhesive, but it is a, you know, some of the things that cause the G6 adhesive issues we've identified. You know, we're testing numerous tapes. I don't know if any of your users are in some of our adhesive tests for G6. We are going to eventually swap it out to something that will not cause as much reaction uh, as this one has. But some of the things that cause it are not present in G7, some of the processes. So we're hopeful that we'll have a better experience. We're putting a piece of overtape in every sensor box. Okay. So no one ever has to call us for overtape again. You got one. Okay. And you can use it and, and it's and it'll be fine. Uh, that adhesive has been very good. 
I'm sure we'll have people where the adhesive doesn't work as well as we'd like it to, or it works too well like it does for some of the others now. But mm. we're hopeful that noise is minimal. And in all fairness, because of what's going on with G6, we're already testing for other G7 tapes, and we haven't even launched the first one. Yeah. So we are we've realized what a a hassle the tape is for somebody who has an allergic reaction. The flip side is, if you're going to the drugstore, we can't expect the drugstore to stock four different brands of Dexcom G7 because right. we have four different tapes. So we've got to find the right answer for our customers, and 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 I think we've done a better job. Okay. Um, the wear time is how long? 10 days to start. Is it longer in other countries? Well, and we have a 14 day version of G6 even approved in Europe. But what we focus on more than the length of wear, you know, the length of wear boils down to two things. Number one and number one above all others, it costs us less to make two sensors a month than three. Just like it costs us less to make three sensors for G6 instead of four Mm -hmm. for the old seven plus. Okay. That's savings we can pass on to our shareholders or we can eventually pass on with cost savings to our customers, depending on how all that goes. The second reason is convenience. If you only have to change once, you know, or two a month, that's that's an easier experience for people as well. But what we found, if we if we promise 10 days and deliver 10 days, people are usually fine. I see. And I think and, and what we focused on is reliability. You know, we've studied at great length how long others our other sensors are G5. And some people, you know how long some people could get G5 to last. That was that was sometimes absurd. Uh, and, and then dirty and G6. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I walked into a physician, a diabetes clinic one day, and all four of the diabetes educators would put their decks come on the first day of the month and whoever could wear theirs the longest got a free lunch. <laughs> and most everybody would was past 24 days. The day I was in there, I said, guys, come on. Right. Uh, does your insurance pay for these? Well, yeah. Then, then what, what, what are we doing? Right. Uh, in any manner um, it, it, it's about delivering the experience that we promise. Right. What we found, and we did a trial with our 14 day G6 in, in, in a very small geography we didn't find enough of them lasting out as long as it needed to be. Now we didn't have any of the new adhesive configurations hmm. or any of the other things, you know, in place that we've learned. I, I think we'll eventually get to a longer G7. In fact, I'm very hopeful that we will, but we wanted to make the first experience a good one. We didn't want to make it that at 13 days, you're all calling us saying, I need a new sensor. Right. Uh, and, 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 and our percentage on reliability is very high. It's 90 or better. And, never, and for a new product, that's a yeah. that's a tough bar to get over. I had never thought about until you just said that, that if you promise a date and you fall short of it, now you have to pay for a replacement. But if you can make it to 10, then it's just good business and and people's experience is better. And people's experience is better. Because you meet their expectations. Yeah. Well, and then think about the just think about the dollar impact. If if we give you 27 days of sensors in a month, every one of them falls off at well, let's do worse. Let's say 21 days and everyone falls off at seven days and you call it seven days every time and say, send me a new sensor and we send you new sensors. We've now given you six sensors that end up being 42 days of revenue that we've billed the insurance company 30 days for. Mm-hmm. So getting these things to uh, to match and creating a better experience for pay, what, what, what 
I would ultimately love to see, but this is just in Kevin's pipe dream vision bucket, that we keep track of how many days of sensors you've purchased from us every year. And if you bought 30 days and one of them, you know, fails early, we send you another one and you don't even worry about it. System keeps track of it. But at some point in time, let's say one failed after seven days, you got seven days of free sensor, three replacing the old one. We make sure you get, and we get paid for 365 days of sensors, and it's fair for everybody. Yeah. And 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 I think that's a value equation everybody can live with. We have very few people who abuse us. If anything, we are way worse as far as getting, and we try hard to get product to people. I promise we create a lot more problems than our customers do. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, yeah, once G7's up to is ramped up and it's out, does do any of the older products go out to pasture? Well, we still have some G4 we're selling in some countries, believe it or not. Oh. Uh, we'll get rid of all. Yeah, it, it, once G7's up, we're we're in the process of getting rid of all the G4 and G5. Hmm. Uh, we have a a launch coming out in Japan later this year. We've shipped our first product to Japan now. G4 had been the product for use in Japan only professionally. That's going to go away. Uh, there will, and, and G5 is about done. And then we will phase out G6 over time, but there could be other uses okay. for it as well because we have a lot of manufacturing capacity. It could be used in other geographies. It, it could be other use cases. So we're, we're not looking per se to rush to shut G6 down, but we are looking to rush to scale up G7 and then leave our optionality open. I see. Um, is there any chance you'll tell me when you're going to release it? No, <laughs> I wish I knew. If I knew, then I could then I could really look at you and say, "We're not going to tell you that. I don't, we don't have all, all all the answers." Well, I'll give you an I'll give you an example of why we can't shut down G six. All of the tandem and insulet and other pump users, G seven is not going to talk to their pump out of the gate. Okay. So if you shut down G six, you're taking a large group of our loyal constituents and saying, "Ha ha, you don't get anything for a while." Not good business practice. Right. And we have obligations to support that with our partners for quite some time. Mm -hmm. So we'll keep it with respect to the launch date. You know, our public statements have been very much launched this year in Europe, but not a huge financial impact because it's going to be certainly in the fourth quarter at the earliest. Uh, The big rollout comes in 2022. We haven't filed in the U S yet. We had said in our earnings calls previously that, that, that we, you know, the clinical trial is making good progress and we'll give more information on that on our second quarter earnings call in about about a month from today. Mm-hmm. Tell everybody where we are. We'll get filed. Then you've got the variability of the FDA and you're hearing from numerous companies that the FDA has got a bunch of stuff backed up because of the COVID backlog. Yeah. You know, our goal is to create a filing that is so enticing that they'll look at it anyway because mm-hmm. uh, we're very comfortable the data is going to be very good. We presented some data at ATTD. And the data we presented is better than anything we ever presented on G6. Uh, the product is going to rock. And and we've changed everything. We've changed the algorithm, the software, the sensor, the hardware, everything. There's not a single thing in there that's the same. What are some highlights of how well it works that you're most excited about? Well, your listening skills are at ninja level. If your brain said to yourself... Oh, Scott's going to put an ad right here after asking that question. You were 100% right, but I'm going to do them very quickly today. Find out if you're eligible for a free 30-day trial of the Omnipod-Tubeless Insulin Pump at Omnipod.com forward slash juicebox. That is a free 30 days to try the Omnipod. 
you might be eligible for this. Go check it out. I mean, there's just no better time. It's summertime. You're swimming and running about, doing your things. You know what I mean? And you know you don't have to take off the Omnipod to get into the water. Not like uh, every other insulin pump. Mm-hmm. This might be a great time to check it out. I mean, everybody showers 24-7. But if it's summertime where you are right now, splish splash, you might be taking uh, more than a bath. You might be going for a swim. The Omnipod is absolutely terrific. My daughter's been using it since she was four years old. We are about to celebrate her 17th birthday. Now, that's a really long time to use something every day. And I can tell you from my heart that I think you'll enjoy using the Omnipod too. Just the freedom that comes of being tubeless is hard to put into words. But the pod is just terrific. We love it. It's absolutely been a friend on this journey with type 1 diabetes. So if you're using insulin and you want to try an insulin pump, or you've got yourself like a MDI thing there using a pen and you want to switch, this might be the time to give it a whirl. Omnipod.com forward slash juice box. And of course, if you'd like to learn more about the Dexcom G6 continuous glucose monitor and, you know, get on board here before the Dexcom G7 comes, Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. I can't honestly say enough about this continuous glucose monitor and what its abilities have added to my daughter's health and happiness and my, my sanity. The Dexcom G6 is absolutely terrific. It takes managing diabetes and makes it, it makes it a little more human. It makes it, I know that sounds strange because it's a device, but it, it just sort of takes the worry away. It lets you see where to use the insulin better. I mean, I know I'm talking about my results and yours of course could vary, but for us, it has been a lifesaver. It has been a health improver. It has been a life lifter. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. I am, I am absolutely 100% underplaying how much I love Dexcom. So check them out. And another thing close to my heart, of course, touchedbytype1.org. It's an organization helping people with type 1 diabetes. And they've asked me to let you know that they would just like you to check on them. See what they're about. Touchedbytype1.org. You can also find them on Instagram and on Facebook. You want to smile a little bit? Go get yourself a pump. Get yourself a CGM. Check out Touch by Type 1. You'll be having better days. All right, let's get back to Kevin. And he can answer the question, what he's most excited about. I'm very excited about, well, first of all, the half hour warm up. I'm excited about the fact that we are good enough to turn it on and not make you wait 12 hours to use it non-adjunctively. And we are focusing what same we did with G6. Once it's warmed up, it's a go and, and use it. I'm very happy. Just the overall accuracy of the thing has been extremely good in the ones I've worn. It's it, G6 is good too, mind you. You have to be kind of a sensor savant to re to recognize the differences and have worn a lot of them. Mm -hmm. Very consistent performance across the board. I think what I'm most excited about is what we've learned. We've learned little things in the process of G7 that are we've never even contemplated before. That hey, what what happened here? 
and we're digging into the data and figuring out. It's one of the reasons we've taken as long as we have. We, one of the things we've learned, for example, there is a difference between the arm and the abdomen with respect to sensor performance. We have design algorithms work for both. Uh, it's real easy to design one that only works for one. And are the differences between the arm and the abdomen subtle? They really are. Mm -hmm. But you got to make sure that you get ICGM level accuracy for both. And our, our algorithm that we've designed and put in here will cover both of them. Um, so that type of thing, the, the, um, can I jump in and ask you, will you be able to yeah. get, uh, will you be able to add sites because of that? We are, we're doing the arm and the abdomen, and then we have the, the upper buttocks for kids. Mm -hmm. Uh, we've always had that too. So we're testing it on the arm and on the abdomen, nice. both. Well, the, um, so we'll have labeled sites. I don't think people have paid much attention to that over time as I travel. Arden wears uh, hers but, on her hip. I don't think she's been a kid for a while now, but uh, yeah. that's where it works really well for her. Uh, how about like, is there any change to like, if you experience a disconnection, the reconnection time, is that any different with the new? It's, it, it, it's different. I, I haven't experienced that much. Uh, and, you know, and I'll answer, Scott, this is one place where you have to go out in the field and have the product work. Mm -hmm. You have to see how it works with individual phones, individual users. Uh, if somebody had a very positive G6 experience and a very negative G7 experience, how are we going to deal with that? I promise it's going to happen. Yeah. I just don't know who or where. I mean, just expect everything to happen. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, after G6, I didn't think I'd ever have anybody write me a letter saying how much they love G5. Got several. <laughs> okay. So, uh, and I'm in the weird position where Arden doesn't have an issue like that. And so I, I have to wait for somebody to ask the question because yeah. if hers disconnects, like if she walks away from her phone, she comes back and it's back in a minute or two. So I know that yeah. goes for different people. Um, the inserting device itself, I imagine is going to be different. Significantly smaller. Okay. G6. And it's a one button push. It literally, you don't have to peel any tape off it. You take it out box, put it on the skin, push a button. You're done. Wow. Throw it away. Uh, we have made this as easy as we possibly can. That's cool. Uh, first 12 hours. Uh, you feel like the accuracy will be even better. Oh, good. No I think it'll be better in G6. Right. We, we've, we've dialed the algorithm in. Um, but first 12 hours, is also very much a physiological reaction on individual patients, as you well know. There are some people who never have a problem at startup. Right. Uh, there are others who always have a problem at startup, and there's nothing you can do. Right. Uh, but we, th it, it, it will meet ICGM standards for those 12 hours. Okay. We're, we're, we're very confident with that. And I know it's going to come factory calibrated, but does that mean we can't calibrate it anymore? Nope. We leave you the option of calibrating. Still can try. Okay. I think it's absolutely critical again to give people that optionality can save a sensor. You know, I agree. I if you're, yeah. I, I mean, I, I just think while nobody wants to stick their finger and a lot of patients never do, mm -hmm. I think, I, I think taking away that option is not a good thing. Okay. Um, so compression lows, I think everybody listening understands what they are. You roll over on your transmitter G6, it presses down and disperses the interstitial fluid and you get a lower reading, which is actually accurate for the spot, but not for your body. Does the new yeah. form factor help that with G7? I, I don't have an answer to that question. I don't know that we have enough experience in the clinical studies. Remember you bring them in a clinic and they sit in a chair and we draw blood from a, for a YSI machine. You don't. Yeah. I, I, I I'm hopeful. Um, 
I'm hopeful mainly because of the volume and so much less, you know, you've got this big bump for transmitter. Mm -hmm. This laying flatter, I'm hopeful will be better, but time will tell. Cool. Yeah, no, I am too. I don't, I, uh, although my daughter can hear roll over in her sleep and just roll over now. So she'll probably make a great spouse one day if she snores, uh, because some, <laughs> <laughs> somebody will be able to just be like, Arden, roll over. And she'll be like, oh, I know this drill. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's very funny. I have um, somebody asked me to ask you, it's kind of a big ask, but I know you've gotten away from distribution at, at Dexcom, right? Like I used to buy Arden's G6. We have. They're hoping that you could do something to help educate the places that are, I, I hear from a lot of people, they enjoyed buying them from you better, I guess is the statement. I agree. And, and I understand that. Let me explain a little bit what went into that decision. Mm -hmm. One of the things that was important, and we heard loud and clear was important to new users and clinicians, was to be able to sample product, to be able to try a Dexcom before you bought it, because they don't know what they're getting into, and to go through all the insurance process. Now, we believe, you know, obviously, we believe everybody's going to like your product when they get it, but the fact is, it's much nicer if they can sample. Mm -hmm. We could not directly bill Medicare and, and the government and sample because of all the stark laws and all that other stuff. And we felt the sampling was extremely important for our business to increase awareness. So we pulled away from Medicare. When we did our net promoter scores of our customers who use the distributors and those who use us, the distributors scored every bit as high as we did in getting the feedback. I know that people have problems with, the, with these diabetes distributors from time to time. But the amount of noise we hear is not a whole lot different than it was before. And yep, you're occasionally going to have an experience that isn't great. My hope, the best answer is to go to the drugstore and for us to get distribution to the drugstore more than through the DME channel. Medicare is not moving there anytime soon. Mm -hmm. But at several of the large payers, you can go get the product at the drugstore. More than half of our patients that come in now is distributed through pharmacy benefit. And, and and that really takes all of those questions out if we can do that. And I believe copays are lower in the pharmacy in general than they are on the DME side. So our customers will spend less. Quite candidly, the insurance companies will spend less. It's it, it's a very good business model, and it's easier for us. Um, what we found is we had quite a few people who were not handling a very large percentage of our business than when we did it in-house and and we think we made the right business decision to to move out i understand frustration from patients for that uh but that was the right business decision for us as a whole i would imagine as time passes these other companies will get better at talking about it and supporting it. I, oh they will i i years ago before we switched to you we had edge park and i have to say it was fairly laborious to deal with them and then when it switched back i was scared but it was terrific so I yeah. felt like I was talking to a different company and maybe other people will get that experience. I hope as well. I hope so too. Yeah. But if they're not, they're more than welcome to reach out to us. We do have a team that monitors the distributors and distributor noise. Mm -hmm. And if we hear somebody's not doing very well, we get on them. Nice. So reach to you if that's happening. Yeah. They can send emails to our, our customer support. Yeah. You don't want to leave box. your personal email right here. Oh no. They send them <laughs> to me. Trust me. People find me, Scott. Come on. <laughs> I don't know that I know how to get a hold of you directly. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, I think that's terrific. I mean, unless you have anything else to add, um, do you expect that I'll see you again this year to talk about G7? I hope so. You hope so. Let's see. Let's see where we are. Yeah. 
So you are you're coming up on buttoning things up and then making your your pitch to the FDA. Well, again, we're we we I, I really can't talk a whole lot about where we are till we get to the earnings call. Right. So get, give me till till the end of the month and you'll hear a lot more about where G seven. We we're very happy with our progress. Fair enough. The earnings calls when? End of the month, end of July. Okay. All right. Well, that sounds exciting. Um, you said something earlier that I don't know if you can answer because it involves another company. But what I felt like I got from you was Omnipod 5 won't work with G7 initially. Well, Omnipod, Omnipod 5 and Tandem both have to get G7 integrated into their system. They're, Tandem is already out with G6, so they're working on G7. We got to get Omnipod and G6 on the market first. And then to G7, and they are working on it, but I, there's going to be a bit of a delay. I just don't, that, that integration is more on them than on, on both companies than it is on us. I imagine. We're devoting significant resources to helping them go as fast as they can. Right. We need to get Omnibot 5 with G6 out first. Yeah, no kidding. Um, tide pools in the same situation? Yeah, okay. they are. All right. Kevin, I always appreciate you doing this. Uh, hey. Thank you very much. Thanks for the time again. Hey, thanks very much, Kevin, for coming on the show again. I love having you. I I hope you're back soon to tell us more about the G7. Thanks also to Omnipod, makers of the Omnipod Dash tubeless insulin pump. Find out if you're eligible for a free 30-day trial of the Dash at omnipod.com forward slash juice box. Also, Touched by Type 1. Find them on Facebook, Instagram, or at touchedbytype1.org. And if you'd like to get started with the Dexcom today, it would help me if you use my link, dexcom.com forward slash juice box. I have one more thing to tell you after the music ends, and then I'll leave you to enjoy the rest of your day. Now, some of you are not going to be regular listeners to the show. I've learned that about the episodes where Kevin comes on. It makes its rounds on the internet and people find it, which is amazing. But I'm going to ask you, stick around. Try a couple more episodes. See what you think. Or at the very least, go check out the Defining Diabetes series and the Diabetes Pro Tip series from the Juicebox podcast. Just give them a whirl. You know what? Just go to diabetesprotip.com. Take a look. If you're not interested, fair enough. But if you've heard enough and you're like, ooh, I want to hear more from this podcast, Just hit subscribe or follow in your podcast app right now. And if you're not listening in a podcast app, they're very easy to find and very free. There are plenty of them at juiceboxpodcast.com. Links right at the top of the page to podcast players that will work on your phone. I'm actually on diabetesprotip.com right now, and I'm going to read you just one review from a listener of this show. This podcast has changed my life. I had a desire to lower my A1C and manage my blood sugars better, but was going at it blindly. Finding this podcast put everything into a tangible and practical management approach that has taken my A1C from 8.3 to 6.3 in less than six months, and that's just right now. It's going to keep coming down. Thank you, Scott. I'll be quoting you forever. There are more listener reviews there and access to all of the pro tip and defining diabetes episodes. I want you to be sure to know that this podcast is ad-supported. The content never costs any money. There's no uh, introductory episode and then the real good stuff's behind a paywall. That does not exist here with the Juicebox Podcast. 
Every episode, every episode is free for you to listen to. We have an we have a How You Eat series where people come on and talk about all the different ways they eat. More recently, we've done keto. Uh, in a couple of days, flexitarian will be up. We've done uh, carnivore, all kinds of different stuff. Uh, vegetarian, doesn't matter. The way people eat, I'm interested in hearing about. We have an episode coming up with a psychologist talking about communication and relationships. I have an episode coming up about people who uh, in Canada took on the healthcare system and the, and the government and got CGM coverage for their people. There's so much here in the juice box podcast beyond technology conversations and management. The real core of it is conversations with parents and adults who are living with type one diabetes or who love someone with type one diabetes. I really think you'll love the show. Give it a shot. Thank you so much for listening today. I really, really appreciate it. And hey, regular listeners, if you're still listening, um, you guys are great, right? I love you. I'll talk to you soon. I'll be back with another episode of the Juice Box Podcast before you know it. Because they come out Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Oh, geez, I forgot something. One last thing. The podcast has a absolutely kick-ass Facebook group. It has over 12,000 people in it. They're all talking about diabetes stuff. It's the most chill, adult, helpful Facebook community I've ever seen in my life. It's called Juicebox Podcast Type 1 Diabetes. Check it out. All right, now I'm really going. Goodbye.